0: a question to his own disciples. He posed the question, do you love me? To one of his disciples. But that had to resonate with every one of them. And so I ask you, do you have a passion for Christ? So let's read John 21 verse 15 with Mahogany, 16 with Brother B.J., and 17 with Sister Maria. In that order. Okay. So he says, When they finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs." Thank you. Verse 16. Jesus said to him, Feed my lamb. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon replied, Yes, Lord. my sheep thank you verse 17 he said unto him the third time simon the son of jonas lovest thou me peter was grieved because he said unto him a third time lovest thou me and he said unto him lord thou knowest all things thou knowest i love thee jesus said unto him feed my sheep amen so here it is Jesus is trying to find out. Now, you walk with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Amen. He's saying, you walk with me every day. But do you love me? Don't that sound a little strange? It's like me having my children, um, being married, and walking around saying, Maria, do you love me? Melicia, do you love me? Marcus, do you love me? To a mate, you say, "Do you love me?" And the people in the house looking at you like, "What are you talking about? You know I love you." And then I go back and question again, "Do you do you love me? Do you love me, Rod? Do you love me?" And then you get like impatient. I, I told you, yeah, I love you. And then Mr. Finney, Trustee Cooper, I go on further, and I, I answer the-, the same question again, "Do you love me?" And you'd be like, I said, I love you. And each time, I give you a command. So Jesus gave Simon Peter, the son of John, a command three times. And each time, he told him what he wanted to do. Feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. In other words, he wants them to be taken care of. And I'm so glad That God wants, as uh, Sister Donna was talking about this morning, how parents should instruct and guide and love their children. And God has given that as an example to us, that he wants us to be shepherded. He wants us to be guarded. He wants us to be protected. He wants us to be loved. And so the question comes, first to Peter, and then to the rest of the disciples. And are we the the other part of discipleship? Indeed, we are. So the question comes to us, what is our true passion for Christ? And how can I measure your passion? Jesus even went further to measure Peter's passion in how the sheep were fed. Somebody said, well, I'm not a shepherd. That don't apply to me. But you're feeding somebody. Uh-huh, you're going in your pocket to be somebody in the Nashville. But I want to know how many times during the week are we introducing or reiterating Jesus. I had a lady come to my office. I talked to her about the Lord. We had a prayer. And almost every day after that, she came come to my office. Sometimes she don't come in. She just peeping in the door. She said, I'm checking on you. And she left. In fact, I saw her come in yesterday. And she told me, she said, I got to work, but I'm coming. She looked like she stayed a hot minute, and she left. My question is, are we making an impression on people wherein they keep coming back for more? Mm -hmm. Not too long ago, we had an event, and somebody told me they made a special dish, and I went in looking for the dish, And they gave me an imitation of somebody else's dish. And I said, wait a minute, this is not it. I got so annoyed, I I said, let me put it on the side. I didn't tell all what I said. But anyway, after a while, the person came and they found what I was looking for. And I was satisfied. Did I go too far? But Jesus said to us, are we feeding his sheep? On yesterday, I told somebody, I said, we fed the people three times. We fed them the word, we fed them a meal, thanks to the uh, kitchen committee, and fed them the word, thanks to, uh, praise God, the ones who prepared the word, and then thirdly, when they got ready to go, we gave them bags of food to take with them, Amen. and so we, yesterday, I don't think we missed the mark, Amen. we fed his people, and that's what God is desiring, And I'm so proud of our young people when they can get up boldly and read the scripture and to the point that make me hit my knees. I said, oh my God, that's my confirmation. I had to fall on my knees and tell God thank you because truly this is no joke to be standing up here talking about I'm feeding God's people and stirring up anything Mm -hmm. and throwing out like a tossed salad. i toss this together, now eat it if you can. Hope it digests. No, we are to feed his people. Sometimes people serve because uh, they might say, well, I want to be a part of uh, the gospel because they want to help advance Christ's kingdom. That sounds like a good reason, does it not? Mm -hmm. That's a noble but inadequate (coughs) reason for serving Christ. Even some pastors serve the Lord because they love studying theology And teaching the Bible accurately, while that is a vital task, let's go to Titus 1 and 9 and find out. But it itself is an inadequate reason for serving Christ. Titus 1 and 9 reads, praise God. What is this scripture reading sharing with us today? Holding fast the faithful word as he hates been taught that he may be able to sound doctrine both to extort and to convince the gang-slayer. So there are people that's going to be out there, when you begin to talk to them about the word of God, they're going to be like a gang Amen. They'll be trying to throw you off track Mahogans, sometimes when you speak of Christ, they're going to be trying to mock it and uh, be a game when it comes to the Word. But God is saying, you stand boldly and speak that Word anyway. Sister so Donna, sometimes you're going to go out there and talk to those who stand around on the corner, and they begin to try to hush you down or push you aside. But God's saying, be bold and speak that Word anyway. Amen. Sometimes even pastors and others in the church, I said others in the church, serve because they gen- genuinely want to help people with their problems. Again, that's a noble reason, but an, an adequate reason for serving the Lord. Sometimes people serve because they get a sense of satisfaction from serving. While it's legitimate to be pleased when God uses you, somebody say amen when amen, God uses amen, you. Amen. That's also an inadequate reason for serving Christ. In other words, What's your real reason for serving him? On a carnal level, some serve the Lord because it makes them feel important when they help people, and those people sing their praises. So in other words, some people out there serving Christ, out here serving Christ, just to hear their names sung, uh, oh yeah, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so came, and they did this, and they did that. But these people often get wounded and quit serving when they don't receive the applause that they think they deserve so some people are waiting to hear that applause hear somebody call their name and give them a that a boy and a pat on their back but god is saying that too is an inadequate reason to serve it goes on down to talk about pastors again some serve because they like being the center of attention. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Some enjoy the power or the feeling of importance that come from being in leadership. So it's alright to be a leader, but I'm understanding that whatever we do, we have to do it as unto the Lord and do it in an humble manner. Let the church say amen. 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 They say the worst kind of uh, person who's serving is the one that want to get rich at the expense of the people They are supposed to be serving and prey upon them to rape them of their properties, amen. Now, yes, indeed, you're supposed to give it to the church. You're supposed to give to the Lord, but you're not supposed to get to the point, amen, that that person is telling you you can't pay your bills and you need to give it to them. The Bible strongly condemns such evil men and women, 2 Peter 2, 14 and 15 reads as thus. Second Peter 2, 14 and 15, that's you, reads as thus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. So the Bible wants us to not to serve that other people can become prey to us just for us to have somebody to, as if we're sticking our hands in their very pockets, taking the money out and sticking it in ours. Let the church say amen. 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 Second Peter 2, 14. Second chapter 14 and 15. So ask the question. Well, unto the governors, ask unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well for so is the will of God that will well doing ye may not may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men amen so God wants us to serve not as an evildoer but as unto him So I ask the question, in whose life are you having a spiritual impact? That's the same question. I point out that every member of Christ's body, that means you, that means me, should be serving him by helping make disciples. Are we helping make disciples? Let the church say amen. 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 That every member of Christ's body should be serving him by helping make disciples. But beneath the question, are you serving Christ, is the more fundamental question. Why do you serve him? Amen. In other words, what is your motivation for serving Christ? In our text, the Lord Jesus drills home to Peter and to us the foundational motive for serving him. And what is it? Loving Jesus because... He has graciously forgiven all our sins is a foundational motive for serving him. Because that statement, because of that statement or behind that statement, are the two great commandments to love God uh-huh, and to love others. And that's the question. Is our motivation to serve him because he amen has come to save our souls and then do we love him and then do we love our fellow man those are powerful questions because they can only be answered in the observation of what we do and they can only be answered in the observation of how we treat each other amen that tells the true story i love you but every time i see you i'm slapping you against across the head that's not love amen Hallelujah. I love you, but every time you turn your back, I'm backstabbing you and talking about you and making fun and picking at you. I'm on Is that love? Amen. That's where Cameron came in, and we'll get to that scripture in a little bit. God is saying that. If you're saying, I love you and I'm a servant of the Most High and I've been commissioned to feed the sheep of God, amen, those that Jesus commanded his disciples to feed, then are you doing it in love? Are you doing it because you love me first and then because you love your fellow man? Amen. So loving Jesus, the eternal son of God, who gave himself on the cross to rescue us from God's judgment is the essential motive for serving him. So your motivation is what God is looking at. The Bible says man look on the outside, but God look on the heart. And while man is doing all these beautiful things, and it looks all nice and flowery. God is looking at the reason that he's the man or woman is doing it. Let the church say amen. Amen. If that motive is not centered in your heart, you will burn out or blow out in your service for the Lord. In other words, the Bible tells us that the seed was planted, which is the word, and some fell on stony ground. And some, as soon as the seed was planted, the birds uh, swooped down and ate the seed up. And then some fell on good ground. He's talking about not a true ground. He's talking about your heart, your mind, and who you are. When the word comes right now, the word is fallen. Are you receiving the word in good soil? The soil is you and me and us. Amen. And when we receive the seed, it should grow up as a plant. And as Jesus grew up, a tender plant before the Lord, meaning that we're not callous, we're not hard hearted, we're not hard to get along with, we're not uh, disobedient and stubborn and uh, acting like a goat instead of a sheep, amen. We, we say bad and not but, amen. When you're talking to people many times, every time you say something, but this, and but that, and but the other. But God is saying are you a receptive vessel for Christ, amen. Amen. This short exchange between the risen Lord Jesus and Peter, the the exchange was, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I do. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I do. And he continued to exchange the question between Peter and the Lord. The question went back and forth. This short exchange between the risen Lord Jesus and Peter represents Peter's public restoration of his apostolic ministry why was peter in need of being restored because peter had what denied christ not one time not two times but three times so for him to be restored to the apostolic ministry and he was an apostle not no longer a disciple He then became an apostle of Jesus Christ. For him to be restored, God had to get in his face and say, do you love me? And I heard somebody in testimony this morning talking about being restored. Amen. And talking about uh, giving it all to God. And God is saying, I'm getting in your face this morning and say, do you really have a passion for Christ? Do you really love me like you say you love me. Because when we love, not just to one person, but to all, when we start in here, when we love him like we say we do, then we should have some corresponding actions. As he said to Peter, you love me, feed my sheep. You love me, show me you love me. Amen. amen. So God is saying, amen, that lost person. Instead of us keep talking about going to funerals, amen, and that's all right. We need yes, the support. Jesus. But yes. what we need to be doing is getting ahead of the funeral. Amen. Going out there and say, Robert, where you at? I didn't see you last Sunday. I miss you, boy. Come to church. Amen. Or going to your friend who, who we haven't seen forever. You know his name. Start with K. Hey, K, where you been? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you. Amen. Let me grab you by the hand and bring you back to church. We got like three young men that we haven't seen in a minute. And I want to know who called them. If you saw them on the street, did you stop and check them? Did you pray about them? If you didn't see them if you didn't call them, okay, I can deal with that. But I want to know, did you pray for them? Did you just say, oh, well, let's take their name off the roll, swipe their name, and look for three or four more to replace them? Amen. God is saying to us that we got to wake up and smell the coffee. Amen. And get about his business. Amen. Amen. Get in front of the funeral. We yes. were behind the funeral with flowers and candy yes. and cards. Yes. But God is saying, that's get right. in front of the funeral. Oh, that's amen. Right. Let the church say amen. 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 If you can't say amen, say out. <laughs> say something. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So one day Jesus ro- arose. I'm going to go to Mark 16, 7 in a minute. On the day Jesus rose, everybody knows that Jesus got up off the grave, out of the yes. grave. Yes. The angel at the empty tomb told the woman to uh, go and tell his disciples and Peter. Will someone read Mark 16 and 7? Mark 16 and 7 say, But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goes before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. Those words when he heard, Peter heard the word and tell Peter, would have rang in Peter's ears and lifted his depressed spirit. Because how many of us know we do something we know it right, it depresses us. Amen. That's why people drink, that's why they smoke, that's why they do extra stuff, because their spirit is pressed down and they feel in a mess and in a rut and they do things to try to make themselves feel better. When all we gotta do is go back to God. All we gotta do is take it to God and leave it there and Leave off the drinking and leave off the this and leave off the that because God said, I will restore you. Mm -hmm. Peter must have said, did the angel really say Peter? Did he really call my name? When he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. See, God loves us so much. He'll just reach out to us one way. He'll let it make it. Court in and say, I know she was talking about me. So and so got a problem and they did this and that. And Pastor, what are you gonna do about it? I said nothing. What you gonna do? I said I'm not doing nothing. I said they know me like I know them. They tell me everything else. Let them tell me. In other words, you get on out of my office so I can get my spirit right so I can go preach to God's people and you in here trying to tattletale on somebody. Why don't you tell me about you? They got on up, very disappointed, and left. And eventually went on and left the church. But that was all right because they had a sick them spirit. Now, I'm going to go tell this, and I want you to sick them. No, I'm going to sick Jesus on them. In other words, when a brother or sister is overtaking a fault, it's our job to talk about it. But we need to tell the one that can do something about it. That's all right, yes. Let the church say amen. Amen. Because you know, somebody breaking your house, you're going to call 911. We ought to get on the 911 line and say, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. I'm not talking about that person breaking your house. I'm talking about when you get this juicy gossip that many of us love. The juice running down your lips, you smack and spit all over the place because you can't wait to get to go tell him. I'm going to go tell the child. Honey, have you heard? I got something to tell you, child. And then they tell that, and then, no, girl, I got something better than that. Did you hear so-and-so? Well, you know what? Take it on somewhere else because I don't want to hear it unless you can get ready and say, let's pray after that come out of your mouth. And then don't make me think you're gossiping and trying to play pray, too, just so you can tell it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because people got a way of doing that, too. I know the game. Amen. So God is telling us. To wake up and be one that helps restore people. Do you have a passion for Christ? Amen. The Lord did not reject Peter because he failed. Peter failed God, his, the Lord Jesus Christ, miserably. He told him, he said, I will never deny you, no matter what happened. But just as soon, Jesus turned around looked at him and said, S- uh, the, cro- the cock, the rooster, will crow three times and you will deny me. He said, I never will. He went ahead and denied it. So now Jesus restores Peter because here he is, a man that needs to work for Christ, but he got this baggage. So God said, we got baggage, but he want to unload the baggage so that we can work for him. Amen. Every time I see people, every time somebody do something good, they're going to stand back and analyze and pick at it. I want to know, why don't you get a program up? Why don't you do something? Amen. And and watch and see, don't somebody analyze you too. What you got to do is forge forward. Move ahead. Do what thus says the Lord. And don't be worried about what people saying. Amen. Would you say, well, look, I got some eggs in my basket too. I got some work for the Lord I've done as well. Amen. Amen. He is our ultimate who looks at what we got going on and decide if our motives are pure. That same day Jesus met privately with Peter to reassure him and to restore him personally. Amen. Amen. Luke 24 and 34. Mm. I think we just had that. Amen. Anyway, but now the risen Lord restores Peter to his apostolic office in front of of these other six disciples. I love that because you know what? God, Peter didn't do it in a corner, and God didn't do it in a corner. Meaning God, Peter didn't do it behind closed doors. And God didn't do it behind closed doors. Peter denied Jesus in front of everybody. So God, Jesus, bring Peter back in front of everybody to restore him. Do you not know that's the way the church is? Some people get up in church and show off, show their behind parts. And then want the pastor to take them in the back room and talk to them. But now if you show off in front of everybody, you ought to be corrected in front of everybody. Let the church say amen. amen. That's the way it's really done. But the love part goes the same way. Amen. Hallelujah. But now the risen Lord restores Peter to his office. Peter had denied the Lord. I said it three times. Jesus repeats the essential question to Peter Simon, son of John, do you love me? These three questions hit Peter like repeated hammer blows. To drive the point home, anybody ever asked you something and they just ask you and ask you and ask you and you sitting there with your mouth shut, don't say a word because you know that any word you breathe out is going to indict you. Let the church say amen. Amen. amen three times. Three times. The third time, with grief, because it reminded him of the threefold denial. Peter affirmed, "Yes, Lord." You know that I love you. And three times the Lord responded to Peter's affirmation of love. Tend my lambs. Shepherd my sheep. Tend my sheep. The point is loving Jesus because he has forgiven all your sin is essential for serving him. So why are you loving? Why are we serving? Amen. That's the question. Cameron, are you ready with 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3? Amen. To per- paraphrase what Paul said, now we're going to talk about love. I'll say what it says. It says, though I speak with the tongue of men, 1 Corinthians 13, Amen. and of angels, and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Charity is kind. What's the third verse say? Somebody help me. First verse is 13. Y'all let me do it by myself. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, no matter how much you say you love me, I'm going to show you what real love is. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You may be the world's most eloquent speaker, but if you don't love Jesus, you're just a noisy gong Amen. or a clanging cymbal. Amen. You may have impressive spiritual gifts. Somebody yes. may have healing. Amen. Somebody may have faith. Yeah, Somebody yeah. may have the gift of interpreting tongue, uh, interpreting tongues. Some may have the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge. Amen. The gift of discernment of spirit. Those are the nine spiritual gifts. There are others. Amen. But God is saying here, but if you don't love, amen. If you don't love Jesus, you're just a noisy god. Uh, you may have impressive spiritual gifts and great theological knowledge and faith that can remove mountains. But if you don't love Jesus, it's all worth nothing. You may give away all your possessions and even suffer martyrdom. What is martyrdom? That means you just give your life for Jesus on the battlefield. There have been men in the Bible that gave their life. In fact, I'm told if, as I study the scripture that just about all of the disciples', all of the disciples lives were given in martyrdom. And amen. That they gave their life for Christ. Amen in this world and somebody took their life, amen, stoned them to death Mm -hmm. and different things, hung them upside down, didn't just crucify them, hung them upside down, did everything they could. You may may give away all your possessions and even suffer martyrdom, but if you do do it without love for Jesus, it profits you nothing. (laughs) Love for Jesus is the essential motive for all you do for him. So, whatever you are, Come on, whatever you're doing, Amen. should be measured by the question, am I doing it for Christ? Amen. Yes. Amen. And we have to remember, that only what we do for Christ will last. Amen. The song says, you be careful. Of the things you say of me. I'm an heir of salvation. You can stand. Can't you see? It, it's time for us to stop living in sin. Remember only what you do for Christ will last.